Welcome to Rise Above the Ashes podcast, where we break down the art of failure and learn why multiple failures equals true success if you just don't give up. In this podcast, we go deep with our guests to find out how they overcome some of the greatest obstacles in their lives and what makes them tick as a human being. Learn here how you can turn your failures into true success. Charlie Swecker, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Brandon? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Uh, well, I want to start off by saying Charlie Swecker is one of my good friends, one of my best friends uh, of all time, and he is doing amazing works. Where in the world are you coming from today, Charlie? I am in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Okay. Well, why are you in Guatemala City, Guatemala? We have a nonprofit organization based out of Atlanta called Benefit GUA, and the GUA is, of course, the country code for Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're down here doing quite a few things, um, but some of the main things are educational programs and feeding centers, um, and then a few other things as well. But right now, that's that's what I'm doing here in Guatemala. Well, well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. Okay. Well, why would a simple guy from Georgia go to a place like Guatemala? Why would you live there? I mean. First of all, I'll tell everybody how long you've lived there. I know some of these answers, but I want you to narrate the story. But how long have you lived yeah. here, and why would you move from Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, to Guatemala City? So I've lived here now for seven years. Um, we have, well, I've been traveling back and forth since 1996. The very first trip to Guatemala was with a group of friends from church, mm-hmm. and um, man, it was it was one of the most nerve wracking things I've ever done in my life. Uh, the way that the guys were driving the buses, um, the just the tension. They were that year, 1996 was the year they ended a 36 year civil war. And I went to one of the places that was most affected um, by genocide and so many other horrific things, guerrilla warfare. Um, so I did not want to come back to Guatemala when I got back home just because it was, it was a little odd for me a, a boy from georgia first time out of the country heading all the way out it was nine hours out of the city of guatemala and um even with the comfort of friends it was still nerve-wracking and again never wanted to go back so uh a few years later um something kind of triggered in my heart and decided to uh, take another chance come back to guatemala and came down with a group of uh, folks uh, called Helps International, uh, medical organization. So I went and I went all the way around the country with them doing all kinds of things, mostly prepping hospitals for doctors coming in. And I got to see all of Guatemala. I've seen a lot more than most Guatemalans have seen. Beautiful, the good, the bad, the, the nasty, the just with a walking in on a surgery where the guy's eyeball was taken out and placed on the, on the tray. Um, just, you know, things that just kind of woke my eyes up a little bit. And, um, so anyway, I sat down with here for six years or six months. And then I came back, uh, another, after another year, came back for two months. And then, um, and I just, I was walking around during one of those stints 
walking around uh, Roathon in Honduras, just really seeking what I need to do with my life. And a story came up uh, from one of my last trips out in Guatemala to the to the countryside, and it was two young boys that uh, were going to lose their mom. She was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, and our doctors informed her that she had about six months to live. And uh, so we started asking about the boys and where they were going to go. Basically, it was understood that they were going to live on the streets because there was literally no one to take care of those guys. And, uh, you know, the dad took off. It's a similar story here. A lot in Guatemala, unfortunately. And throughout Central America, it's just the dad take off. Uh, leave the families behind, and if, uh, if a parent dies as well, then, uh, you know, it's up to the grandparents. Sometimes grandparents are too old to take care of them, so the kids are left to fend for themselves. Right. And so as I was walking around the beaches of Rotom, just really, just, all right, what am I going to do with my life? I was 20 years old, and uh, that story came back, like I said, and um, had an impact on my life at that moment, and so I knew that for the rest of my life, I would be working in Guatemala with youth uh, as a major focus. Mm-hmm. So, and a few years later, met my wife, uh, brought her down here before we uh, just started getting really serious and said, "This is if you want anything to do with me, then you're going to have to know what I'm about." And brought her down, uh, showed her parts of Guatemala. Again, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, as all countries have, and um, and she continued on yeah. with me, and here we are, two kids later, and <laughs> uh, sitting in my in my office in Guatemala City. Okay, and how many years have you been in Guatemala? Uh, traveling for twenty three, uh, but living for seven. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so your wife, Christy, which is an amazing woman, uh, you somehow tricked her into marrying you and then trapping her in Guatemala City. I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you. (laughs) I'm just trying to make you laugh. No, but but was that a struggle though, seriously? I mean, was that a a struggle for her? Um, Hey, I I love this guy and I want to serve him and help him and his mission and his purpose. Uh, and, And then she had to move to Atlanta, from Atlanta, to Guatemala to support you in that, uh, as well as um, find her own identity and and create her own uh, uh, life within that that bubble, that protective bubble you have there, uh, as well as raise kids. Was was that a struggle, or would you can you define that a little bit? That what a day to day life is for a spouse who is following her husband in a in such a mission as this. Yeah, that's a good question. She and, and at first it wasn't as difficult because, you know, when you're when you're young and in love and everything else, you, you're kind of blinded by what sometimes reality may become. So, yeah, at first it wasn't. And then as we started coming down more frequently, um, you know, you miss, the, you miss the family, you miss uh, folks back home. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really... Uh, tight with her sister and was really tight with her dad um, until he passed this past November. And um, so we just completed the first year without him. 
So that, you know, lately I think it's become a little bit more difficult. Uh, you can't get out and go to parks, you know, if you just want to take a stroll. If you want to, there's, there's so many things. We live uh, a quarter of a mile away from my kid's school. Yeah. Uh, intentionally because we don't, I don't want her to get out too much. So she has left, the, left behind a lot of freedoms. Right. Sacrificed a lot to, for this cause as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about the cause. Uh, why, why would you bring your family down there? Uh, what is the mission specifically? What is the cause? What are you looking to uh, um, create? Uh, what are what's the overall arc of what you're trying to accomplish uh, in Guatemala? Well, you know, first when I, when I first started coming down, I was the I was the gringo with the, the great plan. What's right? a gringo? Had, what's a gringo? What does that mean? <laughs> gringo is. Uh, basically the white man or, or someone from the States or, or Europe. Uh, so here, here we are. Uh, we stick out. I'm six foot four, blue eyes, and work amongst uh, Mayan communities. And uh, so I'm, I usually tower over. If you look at our website, you'll see a couple of pictures where I just, I mean, I, I don't fit in with my stature. So, Anyway, we're, uh, I came in with, uh, with, as the gringo, you know, just had all these thoughts and everything in mind of exactly what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and how this was going to happen. And yeah, that, that bubble burst pretty quickly. I, I found out, you know, that's, that's part of the, the Georgia upbringing too, knowing, you know, hey, here, here we are. We're coming in. But we're, I'm an American. We have, everything that, that you guys need, you know, and so that, that again was, uh, was the bubble was burst and I realized that, uh, very quickly that I could not do this. And actually my, my vision changed as I got in and I, I started listening to people. And that was, that was key is to, to listen to the folks and, and hear what struggles there are and what, what, good things there are, what they want to accomplish, accomplish and uh, what resources they do, do or don't have. You know, we, we as we sit there and we listen to these guys and hear their life stories and express themselves of, of where they came from and, and where they are and where they want to go, a lot of times you don't hear too much progress. And what I, what I came to understand was there wasn't much room for opportunity. There, there weren't many opportunities available. Um, so I set it out in my, my life to see what I could do to provide the opportunities for folks. Um, so we have a feeding program that I work with Father's House and Atlanta Revival Center. Um, the Father's House out of Kentucky, Atlanta Revival Center out of Atlanta. And then Ministerios Palabras here in in Guatemala. So we've got four organizations working together uh, for a feeding program. Uh, we do every Saturday, and we have 80 to 120 kids come every Saturday. We've got about 250, 260 kids in the program. Uh, there's just different things that go on throughout the week or on the weekend, so uh, it varies drastically. We don't ever see all of them at the same time. Except for the day we, we do the shoes. So everybody comes in. Uh, we have a shoe project that we do at the end of the year. 
uh, for these kids as well and uh, provide school, school shoes and school supplies. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to offer, um, back up, one of the, it's the biggest thing for parents to send kids to school. Yeah. There's so much, you know, you have to have a uniform, you have to have school supplies, you have to have school shoes. And so a lot of the parents, uh, for various reasons, do not send their kids to the school. We do a, a shoe program and school supplies that we provide for the kids every year. School goes from January uh, 16th-ish mm-hmm. and goes to uh, October. So... Do you feel like you're making a difference in these kids' lives as, as, as you're doing this kind of stuff? I mean, I've been down there. I know you're making a difference. Uh, I've been, uh, I've seen it firsthand. And uh, do you feel like it's something that you are actually changing people's lives um, daily, or is it a constant struggle in your mind to you know, to feel like you're actually doing something? What's what's your take on the day to day? Uh, um, obstacles and challenges that you're overcoming mentally while you're doing this uh, and or uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, maybe you feel like everything's going great and there's no struggle, but I would like to hear your 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 mental battles behind what you're doing and, and maybe some of the uh, student struggles. <laughs> uh, everything is smooth. Everything goes just exactly how we planned. You know, <laughs> I, I wish that that was okay. Right. You know, time will tell mm-hmm. uh, with the with with change because uh, when you're when you're pursuing transformation, you you don't do that alone. You don't do that easily because you're going against tradition. You're going against things that have been an obstacle for not only yourself but for the, the folks that you're that you're there to assist in in having the transformation. So one of the other things that we do is and it's a it's a huge thing that we do mm-hmm. is the educational program. And and you know we can get we can get into that a little bit more down the road. But you know from my background, uh, we're we're in an area I don't know if we said this early on, I don't think we did, but we're in an area that is ridden with violence, with drugs, gang life, um, prostitution. I mean, it really is very difficult because, these, again, people don't have opportunities to do what maybe we have uh, opportunities in the States or even in Guatemala City. There's, there, there could be more opportunity depending on how you were raised and uh, who you who you are, who your parents were, who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. There's always more opportunities for that. But these guys don't have those opportunities. And so the struggle there is, you know, for for me, I was never around violence. I was not a violent kid. Uh, never did drugs. Fortunately, uh, had a lot of key people in my life that, that were very positive and helped me to to not go down that path. I hate to see what it would have been like if I if I would have even tried it the first time. So not around prostitution, not around gangs, you know. Um, not even, you know, high education is is not my background. So, you know, it's 
for, for a guy to go in who does stand out, again, 6'4", blue-eyed, that was over so many people, very much stand out. To go into the areas that are a violence, gang life, prostitution, drugs, and so many other things, and not having that background, that's a challenge for me and mentally almost every day. I question myself as to, to why me, why would I be involved in in this type of atmosphere when when that's not anything I I, I have. What what can I offer? No. So the response that I would have for myself is again, I'm here to provide opportunity. I can see things maybe a different way. Than, than what these guys can see. There's so many stories constantly of a kid getting a hundred Q, hundred Katalis, which is their currency here, which is equivalent of thirteen dollars, mm-hmm. and a gun. And hey, go to this little tienda, which is a little corner store, and kill this person because they did not pay up. So the extortion is is rampant in this area. Happens. I was I was at our feeding program a couple of weeks ago, and a guy that I know walked in. Um, and the reason he was allowed to walk in was because we know him. And so he came in and went straight to the, the pastor that was there, had a conversation on the left, and it just he, his demeanor seemed off from how I normally interact with him. So he, I talked to the pastor afterwards, and he's like, "Yeah, two guys just came in that I know." Where you live, he has a small little donut type shop or a bread store. And they said, We know where you live, we know where your girlfriend lives, we know your parents live, we know how much you make, we know this, we know all these details about your life. If you don't pay us 10,000 katalis in four days, then we'll come back and we'll kill you. Hmm. And so 10,000 katalis is $1,300. And, you know, it's, they're in an area where they're making 70, to a hundred Q a day. Uh, so that's what, 10 to $13 the most a day. Uh, there's no way that this guy would, would have that kind of money. So basically he had to shut down shop and, and kind of regroup. Um, but again, those things happen all the time. And so our day-to-day life, uh, those kind of things are, are factors that, that help bring fear and, and, you know, worry about certain things and, and where do we have our family? And so that's, yeah, I mean, you're spot on. There's, there are, there are fears, there are demons that, that we deal with. Um, there's ever lingering. So, uh, yeah. I, well, I know that we have a, a board for the nonprofit uh, for the mission, Benefit GUA, and I'm a member of that uh, as well as some others. And, uh, Leading into or what you just spoke about, um, but we we have you have come to us uh, a couple of years ago and said, "Look, if anybody ever does anything to me, will you guys do what it takes to get my wife and kids out of this country as fast as possible?" And that was pretty gut wrenching. I mean, like that was that's when I'm I think I really took it all in, and I've been there a few times before with you. Several times, indeed. And I've seen some stuff. I've seen a crazy drunk guy rolling around across the street from one side to the other. <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't even get out there. Right. You know, I've seen. Uh, I can't say I've seen any violence, but I've seen a, a few sex acts. I've seen 
some some different things here and there, but you know the the violence that you describe, I have not seen. But when you told me and the other uh, gentleman at your mom and dad's place um, that if anything ever happens, you know this is what I see daily. I need you guys to get us out of here, get my family out of here, and like, man, that's like, okay, now I've got to be like uh, uh, Liam Neeson and take it and try to you know go rescue your family. Like, sure. That's that's kind of the process that went through my mind, and I think all of us. Like all the guys there, we were just silent. We're like, oh, but oh, yes, yes, we'll do that. We'll we'll sign up to die with you. Um, like, man, like, dude, like, you take this so seriously, and and you have to. So, first of all, I want to say I respect you and and thank you for allowing me to be one of the personal friends to to sign up to die with you. And then, secondly, I, I did want to say. Now I'm going down there in a few weeks uh, with my wife and kids to be with you and your wife and kids. And like, man, like it's, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, what would your, what would you say to that? I'm like, I guess that's kind of a lot in a nutshell, putting it all together in a blender and stirring it. But uh, um, like it, it's, it's, it's serious, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, really it is. There's, there's things that happen daily and, um, you know, we just, you, you try to use wisdom as much as you can in the places that you are, even in some of the better places, things are happening uh, pretty frequently. And, you know, with, with some of the political things going on between the U.S., Mexico, Central America, there's a lot uh, of, of recourse from, from some of the decisions that are made. and we're seeing an increase in violence here. We're seeing, um, you know, I won't name specific countries, but there's people from other countries that are, that are staying here now because Mexico has shut their borders off as well. And so a lot of these folks that are trying to get up to the U S or, and now can't even get into Mexico or kind of settling here in Guatemala. And some, many are creating more havoc here. Uh, express loans, that are something they call it, and if you don't if you don't pay up, then you're getting killed. Yeah, there's there's just so many different little things like that. Yeah, but you know, I I believe that I'm here because God wants me to be here. Um, I, that's just how I believe. Uh, I've seen many times in my life when I've been spared from certain things, have guns pulled on me, and I've been chased. Uh, and in the cars, just different things in different areas. And I, I really believe that it's God's grace and his protection until the day that I'm meant to, meant to go, you know, that's, I, I'll have that. Yeah. Uh, for folks coming down too, you know, it is, it is a dangerous society, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's a lot of people that live here too. Most of the, most of the attacks are targeted. Most of the things that, that go on here, it's not just a random act of violence. Or it, it typically is a, a targeted reason as to why they're doing something. So, uh, like when you come down here, you know, we've got, we've got some things planned. We're going to we'll go have fun. We're hoping to go to the ruins, find ruins, and do different things. And, um, you know, it's just it's a lot of it's using with them. And uh, there's some beautiful, beautiful sights to see here. And so, you know, for, for me, for anybody coming in, you know, we can take you to 
the safest of places and we can take you to the complete opposite. Um, so we can give you any experience of some of the best fishing in the world for, for selfish and marlin. Hot one, it's an absolutely incredible experience. Uh, we've climbed the ruins in Kikau, the ones you see in Star Wars. Uh, it's just, you know, there's so many different things that, uh, that, that you can experience here. And the people are, are really incredible, beautiful. Um, you know, everybody, we've got our things. Traffic is horrible. I will, I will not try to disguise that. It is the worst I've ever been in. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, prep yourself. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell as far as, you know, what you, there's, there's always this sense of, there's, there's corruption in the government, uh, top down. There's so many things that go on. And, you know, Unfortunately, the force of the poor, the people who are trying to help, they, they, there's just nowhere else to go. There's a lot of folks that work off and I'm totally off subject here. But there's so many, so many folks that, uh, depend on the dumps in Guatemala City, uh, one of the largest dumps in the world. And, you know, honestly, it's, uh, two years ago, there was a flood in the dumps. Um, it was a kind of a landslide. So underneath all of the trash, everything they continue to put on is, is basically rivers uh, with all of the sediment, all of the, the, the waters that are coming out of everything. And then, of course, the underground springs and everything going through it. There was a landslide in the dumps, and they don't know how many people went missing that day. They had no control as to who was going in, how many people were going in, or anything like that. And so they shut the dumps down for about a week. Huh. And so the people who are dependent upon the dumps to, for their livelihood, where do they go if there's no, if the only thing that is, is some of the most grotesque things that you can be involved in or, or be around, where do they go? There's nowhere to go. Hmm. So we, you know, we partnered with a bunch of different ministries. We handed out different foods and different things. Um, and we, we, we were judged for doing that. And, you know, my, my, my response was, I actually had a meeting with, with someone that was doing the judging. And I was just like, where, where are these guys, where are they going to go? There's absolutely nowhere else for them to go. Violence increased a little bit. That increased a little bit. Uh, hunger, of course. So, you know, let's take care of these kids. Let's take care of these families. Um. Again, I was totally off subject, but it's just my mind went there as we were discussing some of the, some yeah. of the folks. Well, these, well the, the, the dumps, uh, it's like a dump city. And these are the kids that uh, live in that area that you're actually helping out with your, your programs, uh, the educational programs, the feeding programs, and the soccer uh, programs, everything that you're doing. Uh, you're actually, like you said uh, previously, you are working in the, the worst of the worst terrain, the worst of the worst areas, and they give everybody a mental picture. Um, in the worst dump you've ever seen on TV, uh, if you've never been in a third world country, it looks like 20 times or 100 times worse than that in real life. I mean, in the stench, the odor is, is putrid. Uh, and, and, and the kids, they're, they're walking around uh, with, with lice in their hair. And Charlie and some of the, uh, some of the people in the mission have opened their arms in love 
and alms uh, of feeling you know, almost like sorry, but we want to give back and, and we know the trouble that you're going through. And you see these people with uh, these kids with rotting teeth and you see these, the, these families that don't have clean water. So they're somehow getting water and they're putting them in plastic bags uh, and, and, and trying to help each other stay, uh, uh, keep them away from thirst. And they're walking around barefoot in some of these environments. And that is just really, really bad for the bacteria that's around. And somebody like Charlie here has, has worked uh, in and out for every Saturday for years, opening the doors for a feeding um, uh, you know, program. And, and you know, I've been down there. And, and all you can do is when these kids come in is you can cry and you can hold them. You know, th- despite the, the stench, despite the environment, despite the lice, all you can do is just give love. I mean, it's, it's that, um, it's that, um, what's the adjective? I don't know. It's, it's, it's that much compassion. It's, I mean, that, and I guess, so bringing it back to you, Charlie, is that, is that what you feel when you're doing all of this for people that are in this area, not just for the kids, but for the teenagers, for the people that you're, you're working with, trying to help them in the educational program. Uh, you're trying to uh, help them rise above their own ashes. Uh, is that what you're feeling daily? You're in, you're out? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, again, it's, it's a constant struggle because I know that there are things that I, that I can do in the U.S. Um, I've, I gave up a good bit uh, to come here. There's, I do have opportunities here. Uh, while I'm working, you know, I'm able to, to do project management remotely. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do certain things, but, you know, to, to, to grow and to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, I'm not able to do that. Um, gave pretty much gave that up and just able to do this, to, to help our family out. Uh, but for that reason, because we are, we are compassionate. Uh, we, we do have passion for this. A lot of times, yeah, you do lose sight, you lose focus, and you get burdened by the cost of everything. Um, one of, one of the things that, you know, for me, I've, I've gotten the coffee over the past couple of years, and one of the best smells is having a freshly roasted, um, coffee coming out of your roaster uh, and then it goes through the grinder and you smell you you've seen it i mean you oh, yeah. you work with it a little bit as well and you i mean just that smell just oh my god this is just so incredible and kind of takes you to this to this place of bliss i guess mm-hmm. well uh, let me say something a bit absurd here uh, but you know during the week or on the weekends when i'm when i drive into Zone three and zone seven, which is where we work in, in the Guatemala City. It's it's split up in zones, and zone three and zone seven is where the the trash dump is. Mm-hmm. And as I as I go, as I approach, uh, I can just I can be a mile away from the trash dump, and I have my windows down partially. Uh, you you smell that stench. You you smell those things, and it, it, it is it's it's horrific. It's, a, it's an awful smell. There's something about it. Me too, that brings a bit of uh, peace, a bit of accomplishment, a bit of compassion, all the emotions wrapped up into one because it, it's a reminder to me of, 
of who I'm working with and where I am and why I'm doing it. And, and I, it could be sickening to most, but it, it brings a comfort to me that I, I, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to, to see what I can do to help those others rise out of that dump, rise out of their lashes and, and have a better life for themselves. And, and you mentioned the educational program and, you know, one, one key component in, in life and being successful, uh, you know, you have the opportunity, but you also, you need education and vice versa. And so the education, what, what's happened is, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many kids that can't study. They have to go work for their parents. It's, well, you know, just to help the family survive or, it's too expensive for them to go to school, so their parents uh, don't make them go to school, uh, and then they make them work for, for them or whatever. So what's happened is there's there's quite a few people who have not been had the opportunity to go to school and get educated. Right. So with the feeding program, we do what we what I feel is preventative maintenance. Right, we go in, we offer methods of hope, we we say that there is another way of life. You don't have to get involved in prostitution. You don't have to get involved in drugs or gang life or violence. There's there is another way, and, and kind of follow up as we as we do this. We want to we want to make sure that you're being educated, which is the reason that we're so much behind the the shoe program and the school supplies and providing them to offset that cost. But there's also those those people that had to quit. Right. Whether it was because their parents made them, uh, or because they got pregnant, they went to school for most of their their uh, childhood, and they got pregnant. And you know, it's not uncommon for thirteen, fourteen year olds to be be pregnant here, uh, so they drop out. You know, with just a few years left in school, or you know, we gang life or whatever has prevented them from joining. Yeah. So we provide an opportunity. We partnered with. Uh, uh, private school, large private school in Guatemala City, and they've given us their platform to uh, to educate 15 years and older. So basically this year, I had a 15-year-old and I had a 45-year-old and different ages, ages in between. And they're studying online. Uh, we have tutors there to help, to support, to assist, to do whatever they need to encourage them on. Uh, just to make sure that these people have the opportunity to be educated. We started three years ago. Uh, well, you know what? I'll go back and forth. Four years ago, I had a conversation with one of my really good friends, Pablo Aguilar, and we had this whole idea of let's offer education to these to these ages because they're the lost, they're the forgotten, they're the ones that are, their hope basically is to uh, sit through trash or, or recycle uh, what's existed, or you know, just the, it's a lot of it is dealing with trash, and there's just not that much opportunity. So, we had this conversation, and both of us in our hearts we were just like, I mean, we were basically talking over each other because we both had the same idea and just coming together in one conversation was incredible. So, uh, shortly after that, he was diagnosed with cancer, and so he immediately started chemo and all these things. But he told me, he's like, Charlie. I don't want to, to give this dream up. I want to keep on going. I want to, I, you know, I want something to live for and all of this. And so after his first round of chemo, my wife and I looked at each other and 
when we went and picked him up from the hospital and I really, I really thought you and I talked about it, by the way, but I really thought that, that he was going to pass right then and there. His mom had just passed away a few years ago or a few years before from cancer after her first round of chemo. So really, really kind of nervous about it. But anyway, we, we went ahead with our plan and um, we started. We started the, the, the school program, the educational program. Uh, we have um, a lady, Estella, who is absolutely incredible as our director. Uh, she has spearheaded so much, so many things in ways that Pablo and I couldn't even imagine uh, that we would have somebody in place that would just help us and have a heart for the students. So we had we had four initially. Um, after the first week, one one student dropped out. She just said, "No, we don't want to do it." The organization she was involved with just they couldn't get a hold of her or talk her into it either. So she she quit. But the other three were they were in their final year of school, and that's that's the other thing. They they only lacked one year of school, but they never had hope to go back and finish. And so, because they were, they were adults, they were uh, 19, 20 years old. Uh, one of them had a baby. The other one had so many issues at home. One of them, the guy was was running away from gang life. Just people, he never joined, but people were pursuing him for things. And so, they just had, were be fighting those types of things. And so, but all three of them, they ended up graduating that year. And which was incredible. We saw that as a huge success because we gave these folks the opportunity to, to to accomplish something that they thought that they would never be able to accomplish. Well, really, that's what they that's what they told us. We we could never have accomplished this, and this was one of the things that we really wanted to do in life. And um, so, they they gave us the opportunity to be able to to meet a need. So. You know, they were all working together here. They do their part. We do our part. Here we go. Let's go on for success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, about just a few months after he won the, the guy graduated, he was changing uh, at a soccer field about to play soccer. And he was, uh, two guys ran past. They were shooting at another guy they were chasing. And they ended up shooting and killing our students. That had just graduated it twice, <laughs> tragically. I mean, they, they murdered them on the spot. Oh man! And you know, we we had conversations with with the mom, and you know, oh my gosh, you know, so sorry. And you know, a thought that ran across our minds was, oh my gosh, did we did we was it a waste of time to to offer education this when it was just his final year in life? Was it a waste of time to do what we did? And no, it it was a it was a resounding no because uh, we found out that that is that was the biggest accomplishment that he his, his biggest goal was to graduate, and mm-hmm. so he was able to accomplish that because of us. Wow. So or with us, you know. So anyway, the uh, yeah, I get a little emotional about some of this stuff too. But anyway, the. The following year, so we went from, you know, four students first year and then uh, uh, one student dropping down. So we had three students. The following year, we had we had 12 students. And so we saw it grow. We saw such a success with all of that that we, we decided to up it a little bit, grow organically. Because 
one thing that we do is we make sure that these people have uh, a, some type of, whether they're involved in an organization, they have a mentor, they have someone that will stick up to them and say, hey, I will take this person on because we want to generate success for these people. And because there's a reason that they didn't, they didn't want to, or they didn't finish school. So um, the mentors are there. So we, we hold the mentor accountable for their students. Because we want to make sure, not to point figures or anything like that, but just to say, hey, let's, let's struggle in this area. Let's, let's help. Let's do this so that there can be success right. for this individual. And that's what it's all about. Let's make them successful. Let's get them going. Let's, you know, the, in the future, we want to do vocational training. And then businesses, we're investing in small business right now to, uh, to hopefully in the future offer employment. Um, so those are, those are future future endeavors um, but what we're doing is we went from 12 to the past year we started out with 18 and then this coming year we're going to 20 students um, it's a struggle it's you know fortunately now I've grown out of what I can do personally and with what a couple of us can do um, financially so you know we're we're now going out and seeing who wants to join and partner with us on all of this yeah. so, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's insane, man. Uh, so you and Pablo started up this, this educational program. You've had amazing students over the last few years, and then one of them has been killed. And something you did not mention is Pablo actually passed away from cancer. Um, so this is kind of like a legacy um, that you're actually building almost uh in support of your your friend's passing as well, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. He he struggled for four years uh, with cancer. Fought fought as hard as I've ever seen anyone fight. Uh, he lived, breathed, and ate everything for for this educational program and for these kids. I mean, literally, he was he was dying, and he was still doing everything he could for not kids but students. He was he was helping the people that he had such a heart for it, had such compassion and passion for, um, I mean, all the way to the very, literally the very end, I was, I was with him um, on, on the deathbed. And uh, yeah, I, all the way to the end. So yeah, we, we do want to keep this going. We want to keep this legacy alive. There's other places that we can reach, uh, and Pablo and I had plans to do so. And, you know, I'm... I'm not, I'm not going to stop because he died. I'm going to keep on because this was something that was birthed into both of us. And so we're going to, we're going to keep on and we're going to have his legacy uh, live on and, and, and still go throughout Guatemala yeah. and, you know, provide education, provide opportunity for, for people that, that he loved so much. And, you know, he loved this country, uh, Guatemala. He, he absolutely adored it and would do anything for it. For it, and you know, again, with no energy, going through so many rounds of chemo, so many surgeries, so many just pains and you know sufferings and and, and literal, and and he never quit, never ever quit, not once. And so for me, that's that legacy will live on. And you know, now I'm looking to others to become partner with us to do that and to help move that move that legacy along. Let me ask you this. I know you said you've had the overwhelm, but do you ever feel like giving up? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you have, um, you know, honestly, up until, up until probably two years ago when we really decided to dedicate ourselves to, to very specific things, now is, now is when it's become even more difficult and, and certain rights. And yeah, we've really wanted to, there, there's times when, when we do struggle and we say, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And then something comes up, and and just as a as a quick reminder in our in our lives to to just keep us grounded and and to keep us going in this in this fight that we're in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are a project manager for one of the most successful companies in the world, and I know we can't mention them by name, but um, and you know, you're you're also a local entrepreneur uh, in Guatemala with your coffee company, and and you are helping farmers in the areas uh, with education, you know, helping them do better. And, and, and I mean, like you're, you're giving it your all. I mean, you're, you're going after it. And I would just say to you, do not give up. I mean, a lot of us are seeing what you're doing and, you know, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you. I am, I am a real estate guy and I've got a mission to help as many people as I, I can but I don't have time to be the boots on the ground. Uh, I haven't even visited you in three or four years uh, out there. And I, I know I'm coming shortly, uh, very soon, but I don't have time to be the boots on the ground. And you're actually getting your hands dirty. You're rolling up the sleeves. You're trudging through the mud, despite all the violence and the, uh, I mean, let's be frank, the shitty circumstances you go through daily. Um, it is, uh, man, I mean, dude, I just, first of all, and foremost, I just want to applaud you and say thank you uh, for doing what you do. And I do want you to know that I feel uh, value in our friendship, first and foremost. But secondly, I thank you for taking my hard-earned money and doing, stewarding that uh, when I do donate to, to the mission to help these kids, these orphans, these widows, these people, you know, helping them, you know, go and, and rise above their ashes and in the, in the, the turmoil and, and, and the lack of education uh, you know, all the things that you're doing, man, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, absolutely. You know, if, if it weren't for folks like you donating, and if it weren't for the teams that we have here of Guatemala, none of this, or even the students or the kids, we all, again, we're doing our part. And this is just my part. You know, I I believe and I live by uh, my life as a symphony orchestrated by God. and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's put certain, I truly believe that he's put certain relationships uh, in, in my path. And, and, you know, we all work together. We do the things. We do our part. And so in, in order for us to rise above the ashes, you know, for me, we, we need folks to, to, to help us out or, or, you know, to be there with us or, you know, or even to help others. Um, I believe you had a podcast over the past couple of days that, that talked about um, doing, having somebody above, somebody with, somebody beneath to, to complete that life cycle. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, that's, I'm just, I'm honestly, man, I'm doing my part. This is your, this is what I feel like my life is, is leading to and has led to and I'm doing. And, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm doing my part. I'm grateful for, for being able to do this in my life. I'm grateful for people like you. Um, even your listeners, just even 
kind of staying on and, and listening to this and uh, and for my team here, Estella, Jonathan, all these all these guys that are involved and then the coffee shops and everything else. And we're all doing our part and it's yeah. just it's incredible to be a part of it. Yeah. Like I said, you don't have to do this. You can work anywhere in the world. You have a mobile lifestyle. You choose to live here. Uh, you choose to battle through this. Um, and what I want the listeners to know, Charlie doesn't take a dime from benefit Guatemala um, personally. He doesn't take a dollar. He fully supports his own family with his project management job. And then he invests a lot of his own capital into this mission but he doesn't take a dollar back. And then secondly, what I'm going to do here for the listeners that are listening to this, uh, if anybody feels like they want to help in this mission, I am going to um, donate dollar for dollar up to $10,000. If anybody wants to support Charlie and his mission, we'll have the uh, website benefitgua.com or and benefitgua.org on um linked into the show notes, but if anybody wants to donate and use the rise, the word rise and, and claim it from this show here, I will personally donate dollar for dollar up to $10,000. And I'm hoping we raise more, um, but that's my commitment to the listeners. That's my commitment to you, Charlie. And man, dude, I'm, I'm just so grateful for good people doing good things like, like you. Man, that's absolutely incredible your your heart it was overwhelming to me uh, to have the friendship and to have someone that would be willing to invest and like you said all this all this money goes towards the cause yes there are administrative fees yes there are transfer fees yes there are other things but we have to, I mean that's just it's part of it we have to pay those things but I, I like you said I don't I don't take money this is to go to um, to pay for books, this is going to pay, you know, for for salaries for local employees. This is, you know, for opportunity for so many, 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 many people. So thank you so much, and again, thank you to your listeners. This the money will be spent very wisely, and will go to a cause that that you can be proud of. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Um, well, I, you know, I usually wrap up with uh, rapid fire questions, but I mean, it feels like we're at a wrap already. Do you want to go through a quick couple of minutes of rapid fire questions or you feel whole at uh, where we're at right now? You know, that's, that's up to you. You're the, you're the host <laughs> of this gig. Well, let's, you know, I do it anyway. So let's just, let's just go through a couple of them real quick. Um, uh, what is your favorite movie and why? Or documentary? Did you say movie? Movie or documentary and why? <laughs> There, there's a documentary that Netflix had. I don't know if they still have it, but uh, it's, it's called G Dog, and it's based on a priest out in LA who went in and worked with uh, uh, prison folks, uh, gang uh, affiliated guys and, and girls, and has created a business for, for these guys just to, to come in and be involved in. As they are released from prisons or released from whatever uh, they're involved in, and provides opportunity for for these guys to, to have something new, to have something that they can have some skills and self worth, and put their hands to something that's productive. 
And it's when I saw that, and, and I know you and I have talked about it, but when I saw that, it, it brought something up within me that I had to exactly, I saw a visual of exactly what I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm working towards that very thing. And it was incredible. So, so, uh, the, the priest, uh, honestly, I forget his name. I can't remember if it's Greg, um, but the, the, the priest in G-Dog, yeah. may not ever listen to this, but I appreciate uh, what you did. Um, you know, so that, that honestly is probably the most impactful thing. But, you know, I have, I have tons of movies and other things, and I, oh. I try to I try to glean so much from, from those types of things. So. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, your favorite book and why? I'm a big book nerd, so I'm always getting recommendations. This is a way for me to get book recommendations. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that's that's where I struggle. With as busy as I'm, I've been, uh, you know, this year has been a very uh, non-book reading year, and mm-hmm. I, I plan to pick that up yeah. a little bit more. So, so maybe. Bring me back on another on another podcast in the future, and I'll I'll be able to remember it more. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely do, we'll do a round two. Um, we might be doing some some Insta stories when I'm in Guatemala um, and so on. But uh, what would you recommend to your 20 year old self? What kind of feedback? What kind uh, of guidance? What kind of uh, uh, advice would you give your 20 year old self? Just do it. Don't hesitate. No. Just do it. What about your um, what about your thirty year old self? Keep on. <laughs> How old are you now? Forty two. Just turned forty two. What about your forty year old self two years ago? <laughs> Stick with it. Keep <laughs> keep on. Don't don't give up. Don't ever give up. Don't what? ever, ever, ever give up. That's awesome. Well, this is a good way to wrap up because that's the uh, motto for the show anyway. So, Charlie, thank you, my friend. I appreciate all you're doing. No, thank you, Brandon. Thanks for the opportunity to be able to, to come on. And, and, you know, it gives me a, a reason to have another discussion with you anyway. So, I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all will rise above the ashes. Thank you for listening to Rise Above the Ashes, the podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at riseabovetheashes.com.